Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We are excited to have you here today, and you know the drill. If you haven't already, please go leave us a rating and review when you finish listening to this episode. Those ratings and reviews help us get better. They help other people find us. We really like to read them. We might even read yours on the next episode. Hey, everybody. I'm Ben Trueblood, and I am here today with Nathan Howard. What's up? And Katie Wiley. Hello. For a conversation on three ways that your parents are the greatest asset in your student ministry. It's going to be a good one. Can't wait to get into it. And we're totally mixing things up today, dethroning Ben from his host seat. He's actually going to be our guest. So Nathan and I are going to be firing questions at Ben. He's got a ton of student ministry experience over 20 years in student ministry. And so we're excited to hear directly from him today. It's going to be different. New. I like it. We'll we'll see if we do it again, right? <laughs> I guess we've got to we've got to earn our spot, Nathan. That's uh, right. That's no, I right. mean the other way around. It could be the worst guest experience we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's just dive right in, right? Uh, So today, like you said, we're going to talk about three ways that parents are one of your greatest assets in student ministry. Um, And so we are going to talk about those three different ones. So let's start at the top. We have talked about this on our team that buy-in with parents actually helps get students to church. Yeah. So this one, like the whole week on the blog and here on the podcast and then in the student ministry that matters, YouTube, we're talking about parents. Um, And this kind of goes like if you want to dive in a little bit more deeply, this podcast really connects to the student ministry that matters video for the week in helping create buy in from parents and having a ministry that parents like really love and so you can go watch the video for that. But this one specifically, man, when your parents are really bought in, they will work to get their students to church. So the interesting thing about student ministry is that it's focused towards teenagers and there are a lot of benefits to that. But those very same people that are the focus of the ministry are often not the decision makers of who of if they go or not because they need a ride so like just very baseline the majority of your student ministry needs transportation in order to participate yes <laughs> and that mm-hmm. transportation has to come from a parent in many cases parent or guardian and so when you create buy-in with parents uh, when they feel some ownership of the ministry when they feel like hey we're partners in this then it creates a situation where they're willing to set the priorities of the home in such a way that reflects that ownership and buy-in and partnership in the student ministry. So very seldom do it might feel this way that student, that the kids are setting the priorities of the home, but really that's a decision that the parents make and they will make decisions to set those priorities and the things that they see the most value in. So one of the roles of a student pastor here is to help parents see the value in student ministry. Can you share as the parent of almost two teenagers, uh, what that kind of looks like from the parent perspective, what is done well, what's not done well, or what do you wish was done better? What helps you set those priorities? It's a great question. I, I think for me, communication helps me set those priorities. Like when a ministry communicates really well with the home, uh, 
Uh, and this is something that like, I, I think the student ministry that our kids are in now does a good job with. It's something that I would say as a student pastor, looking back on it, there were definitely seasons where I didn't do this well enough. But there's the communication piece of saying, hey, parents, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is what we're doing. The information flow of student ministry is so important. And I think a lot of people look at it and say, okay, well, how do I get them to open email? Or how do I get them to read what I send? And if we're only relying on email, then I don't think that's a good enough communication plan. It has to also be based in relationship, right? So as a student pastor, I have to be out there with parents and I have to be in the hallways at church. I have to be seen. I have to be shaking hands or giving COVID guideline distance hugs or whatever your church is doing, right? Like I have to, I have to be engaging with people so that those people, when they see an email or a message, they're more likely to open it if it's from a person that they know and trust and not just one of the many in their inbox. So I think the communication piece is a huge part of that in my mind. Also, like move beyond just information and tell me stories of what God's doing in the ministry. Like, I think that is another key component here is I want to know the great things that are happening because they are like, there are amazing things that are happening in student ministry. Share those. Don't be afraid to toot your own horn, I guess, so to speak. Like, and you're not even really saying like, look, I'm a great leader because this is happening. You're sharing stories of cool things that are happening. Maybe highlight a small group leader and talk about something that's great that's happening in that small group. Uh, but those kinds of things help me as a parent say, man, this is, there is activity here. There's energy here. God's doing something here. This is something that I should want to be a part of. Now, I mean, me answering questions in the parent role is a little bit different in this because having been a student pastor and serving in student ministry at Lifeway, like I, I care deeply about student ministry. And so like my baseline assumption is different than a lot of parents, I'm sure. But I can tell you that those two things, communicating well and uh, the telling stories and celebrating what God's doing in the student ministry will help get that buy-in and make me say like, man, I've really got to make sure my kids are there every time so that they're not missing something. And then the other side of that too is when I say you've got to make sure they're there every time, um, that's something that I prioritize and that we prioritize in our home. But there may come a moment where there's something else that we need to go do, whether it's an activity or like a once a year, like recital, like something is going to come up, right? And I, I would want the student ministry to be supportive in that and not shaming in that. And even beyond supportive and into equipping and helping us as a family or my kids see that thing that they're going to be involved in as a place where they're a missionary. So, hey, if you're going to be doing this activity during this season and you're going to miss these X amount of things, like we're not going to shun you. We're actually going to equip you to be a missionary in those environments, knowing that you're going to be back here as soon as you as soon as your schedule is able. So I want to make sure and say, like, 
prioritization of student ministry does not mean prioritization of I have my kids there every time the doors open, but that together the student pastor and us as parents are saying, let's make disciples, which includes being a light in whatever room you're in. So if we just huddle in the church all the time, then the other side of that is that we never we never get out into the places where I think we're supposed to be in our culture. Yeah, that's really key. I, I had one follow up question to that. Obviously, uh, that that is a great perspective for families who are really involved in the church. What what would you say to student pastors who are also maybe looking at a group of of parents who aren't believers or who don't naturally yeah. prioritize church? How would your approach change for that? Yeah. So here, I think this is such a great question and something to consider. I think then the approach one is how do we equip this student to be a missionary in their home? Um, And then the other side of it is how can we build as a leader, how can we build relationships with those parents just so they know what's going on? Depending on the love, like they may have gone to church as a kid and just don't anymore. But they also might be parents who really have no religious history at all. And so just helping them see like that you're not a weird cult is an important step. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you may even have to explain what youth group is. Yes, that's totally true. So like meet them, give them a phone call, like introduce yourself as a parent. If I take off the I grew up in church and was also on staff and I'm like, okay, I have zero to little religious background, I would still want to know the, quote, grownups that are hanging around with my kids. Like, I'm going to want to know the basketball coach. I'm going to want to know the dance recite, like the dance instructor. I'm going to want to know those things. I'm not going to, you know, I may not want to hang out with them all the time. But like, I'm going to want to know who wants to be around my kids just because of the world that we live in. And so you as a student pastor can bridge that gap immediately and say, okay, I'm going to call your parents, just going to introduce myself. Hey, do you have any questions about our church? Have any questions about what we're doing? You know, when your student shows up, this is, this is who we are and this is what we do. And, you know, we want to be an encouragement to them and we want, you know, all of those kinds of things to just explain this is who we are and this is what we do. And then based on where the conversation goes from there, there might be even opportunity for you to have a really critical spiritual conversation with that parent. I would not force it in that moment, but the door might open for that. At very least, you've begun a relationship with someone who may not know the Lord. And that's like, that's always a good thing. Another aspect of parent ministry, I think that's really important is it really does help give you an avenue for investing in the parent's. And so a lot of times we hear the statement, parents are the primary discipler of their students. But I think that sometimes can scare parents if they themselves haven't been discipled. So what would you say, Ben, in the looking at parent ministry, how can us as student ministry leaders, how can we help them in their discipleship journey and process along the way? Man, this is something that I'm actually really passionate about right now because I was a student pastor for a long time and now I have teenagers in my home. And so now like the words, you're a primary disciple of your kids, like just ring differently than -hmm. when I didn't have teenagers and they were little kids. Uh, And so one of the things that I've 
just said in other talks and things is very different to pastor a teenager than it is to parent one uh, and learning that all the time. But I think one of the primary things uh, that I would like, how can a student ministry come alongside me is just to know like, Hey, you're praying for me. Like that's a really key important thing. And not just like a, Hey, I pray for all my parents, but like an intentional like I carve out this amount of time and I get out the roll sheet and I'm praying through these letters of the alphabet today and a quick note or text that says, Hey, I pray on Tuesday for this every week. And this week I'm praying for you. Like those kinds of things make all the difference in the world. Uh, now in terms of like partnering with me as a parent to actually do the discipling, I'm, I'm looking for resources and tools, conversation starters. Like I want to know what's going on that you're teaching so that maybe I could play off of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that maybe there are questions that I could ha ask in the car on the way home or the next couple of days uh, as things come up in normal life. If I know that this is being taught in the student ministry in a broad sense. Like, again, I'm not looking for an outline of a message or a, or a small group lesson, but if I know generally where you're going, then I can be on the lookout to have conversations. Now, not all parents are going to be seminary trained uh, and will need a little more. And that's where I think we need to remember. And, th and this, I think, is the most important piece of this out outside of the prayer is simple, scalable tools. Mm -hmm. Like when we don't need to expect parents to all of a sudden, like pick up a guitar and open their Bible and have like a 45 minute weird worship service <laughs> with their kids in their living room. Like that's not going to happen uh, in the majority of homes. Um, it's going to fail in the majority of homes if it is tried, but rather like give me a passage of scripture and a couple questions and a topic that I can talk about. Uh, and that's, and that's really it, man. Like we, we make this thing too difficult, mm -hmm. uh, when it is, Hey, I'm praying for you. And here's some conversation topics that you could have this week with some prayers that you can pray and some passages of scripture that you can read over your kids in your own time with the Lord. Now that's, simple, repeatable, scalable step one that just gives parents tools. The parents don't do this because they're intimidated by it. Uh, like I know for me personally, when there's something I don't know how to do, I shut down. Uh, and, and I, because of the embarrassment, uh, now part of that is my personality. The embarrassment of failing at something, uh, is so strong that I would rather just not do it if I don't know how to do it. And so for me, if I don't know how to do this, I'm just not going to, there's nothing that you can say that will change my mind on that. Well, and if, teenagers are like a, not going to go easy on you on this no, either, right? No, like that's gotta be super intimidating <laughs> to start a conversation with a teenager. If you're already feeling insecure about it. Yeah. And they're going to ask you weird questions and it's going to go a hundred different directions. There's no way you could be prepared for what's going to happen next. So a lot of people just shut down. But if you give me really simple, repeatable tools and the freedom to say, I don't know, but let's mm -hmm. find out together, then I think you're helping a parent along. 
And then the next step of that, I think is so like, if that's layer two, like if it's prayer is layer one and this simple repeatable structure of resource, that's layer two, then layer three would actually be saying, Hey, Ben, I know that you have a 15 year old. I'm going to gather some other dads who are, or couples together or whatever of other you know, 14 to 16 year olds that are parenting in the same phase of life. And I just want to meet with y'all once a month, twice a month. And then you actually just disciple them that you're teaching them how to take God's word, how to read it, how to talk about it. And you're upfront with them like, Hey, this is why I want to do this. I want to help you do this with your kids. And so we're going to do it together as a model. And then at the end of this time, I'm going to ask you as this, as the parents of this pilot group, so to speak, to grab three or four moms, dads, couples, whatever the case may be, and then do this with them for another six months. And so basically what you're doing is creating a discipleship pipeline that will get yeah. parents in the habit of doing these things themselves. And then when they begin to do them themselves, the, the natural outflow of that is to be able to do it more with, with their kids. Now, again, that I don't mean by doing it with their kids, sitting down and having a structured meeting every week for some families that works for a lot of families. It is just an, as you go, I'm going to have spiritual principles in my mind mm -hmm. that we are going to talk about as you go. For others, more structure works. So each family has to find their own rhythm with that. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of three layers to this that I and how I would approach it. Yeah, I love that. I I think that's something for me. Not having been a parent, obviously, then I think that parents helping disciple other parents. I think that's crucial because they can answer a lot of those questions that I have no idea or context for. Real quick, what advice would you have for student pastors to? to try to help parents who maybe maybe it's they don't see their role as the primary discipler or they just don't take it you know as seriously i know i know that could be a broad question in a lot of different ways but what do you have anything real quick that you just say hey here's here's what i would do to really help parents try to get on board with this yeah i think this is where kind of some unity in the whole church can really help so yeah. if you're hearing, if, if your pastor is saying these same things, if your person who is ministering to the adults directly is saying these same things, if there are pockets of parents that are saying these same things, then that's how that spreads. Oftentimes a youth pastor can just say it over and over and over and over and over and over and tell stories about when it works and all those kinds of things. But uh, when they hear it, when they being the parents, when they hear it from a lot of different angles and people that they respect who have walked through that phase of life, like they may respect you as a student pastor, but you haven't walked through that phase of life yet, probably. It really becomes real when there's a 60-year-old parent who says, this is the way that we did it and God blessed it. And we believe that like, we want to help you do that too. So parent meeting where maybe you provide time for older parents who have parented through or are successfully parenting through that, that age to speak into that and address that issue. I think that's how you can help convince someone that it matters. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I mean, obviously you're going to have parents on, 
all ends of the spectrum from super involved to unchurched themselves. And so uh, we realize as we're having this conversation, it's not a one size fits all strategy for reaching parents. But I would say let's kind of shift gears and and look at that aspect of that group of parents that is just like super engaged. They're super involved in that discipleship process at home. Um, and you can see some of that transformation taking place. Ben, talk to us about how parents can make some of the best volunteers. Yeah, uh, this is this is something that I'm happy to say we always tried to do in student ministries that I that I led. And because when they're your volunteers, it helps them buy into what's going on in the ministry because they see it up close. They see the stories taking place in real time. We always used camp, disciple now, things like that as a hook to get more parent eyeballs on the ministry, knowing that if they could see the ministry in those times, they would be like, man, I've got to be a part of this. So uh, I, I am a huge proponent of this. One way to go is to get like the, like the coolest people in the room thinking that they will draw a crowd and they might for a little while, but there's all kind of other battles you have to, you have to fight in mm-hmm. that case. So for the, for the sake of creating buy-in, that's one reason why I think that they make the best volunteers. The other, uh, another reason why is because they are immediately invested because their kids are in there. They may not be their own kid's small group leader, but they will behave many times the way that they would want their kid's small group leader to lead and behave. Uh, Behave there, not like moral behavior, but like fulfilling the role that you've given them. Um, And so like you don't have to convince them that this is important because they want their kid's small group leader to be a a mentor in their life, to be a spiritual influence. And so many times they will immediately jump in and begin doing that for others. Um, They, they care right away. And so I I think that's the second one. And then the third one uh, is that they're going to be, they're going to be around because their kids are around. Now you, I think there's a difference between being around and like helicoptering over and smothering mm-hmm. their kids. Mm-hmm. And so you as a leader, like have to really pay attention to that. And like, we're not, we don't want parents to come in and, and smother, but we do want leaders who are going to be invested and around and not just around the church, but around the other things that they do. So think about it this way. If I am a 10th grade Lead. My son's going into 10th grade next year. If I'm a 10th grade small group leader, my son's going to be playing football. Well, that means that one night a week, I'm going to be sitting in the football stands with other parents. So then the youth pastor looks at that and says, okay, one of my small group leaders is going to be sitting next to other parents of families that we could be potentially reaching every single week. And they're going to be building relationships with the parents of other kids on the team that may not go to church anywhere and may not know Jesus as their savior. And so with some intentionality, having parents that are around all the time doesn't just mean around the churchy stuff, but around in the community. And then those people also can become missionaries for what's going on and inviters to your church and inviters to your student ministry. And 
I think that's an underutilized aspect of parents being involved in student ministry is not just seeing their role as something that happens on Sunday morning or on Tuesday night in your home group, but actually when you're out in the community too, when you when the family next to you at the football game stands up and cheers for their son or that just made a play, then you can say, oh, hey, and that can begin a relationship that could lead to Hey, where do you guys go to church? I teach a 10th grade group. You might, you know, you want my sons down there too. And there are a lot of connections. I use football as an example because that is a real thing for me in the next year, but sub in whatever activity it is, right? Like volleyball or band or whatever. Hey, that's my kid down there with the tuba. Like it doesn't like it doesn't matter what the activity is. The principle of kind of turning that megaphone around so to speak and your parents who are also bought into the ministry and leading groups can be an incredible influence in the community. I really love that because I think so often we think of that all right, we've got to have this we want this small group leader. We want them to spend all this time with students outside of it going to games, those kind of things. And so if they maybe they're you know, a, a younger parent, but they have kids like in the kids ministry. Well, that's even more time away from their family or those kind of things. So I love how you put this, Ben, that it's just time that parents are the parents in the student ministry. They're already there going to be doing that. So why not bring Jesus into what you're already doing, which I feel like is kind of what the Bible talks a lot about. So <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Multiply your outreach efforts. I love it. <laughs> that's right. Well, hey, one of the things Ben talked about was having a resource to equip parents at home. And um, it might be no surprise that we would love to help you with that. One of the resources we have is called Parent Partner. And with Parent Partner, you can plan and schedule a month of parent ministry content at a time. We want to make it easier than ever for you. Obviously, there are lots of other things that go into parent ministry besides emails, but this is going to help you set those up really easily, get tools into parents' hands so that they can make the most of four different um, critical conversation times during the week. Meals, car rides, uh, sports practices, all that kind of stuff. So for $15.99 a month, Parent Partner provides you with customizable digital monthly content to send directly to parents to help them make the most of those discipleship moments. Uh, when parents feel prepared to disciple their teenagers, we think that everybody wins. So to learn more about that and subscribe, you can visit lifeway.com slash parent partner. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We will see you next week. <laughs>